had a gym yeah, ready. <laughs> Nobody say anything funny. I hadn't hit record. Now I have. This um, recording. <laughs> Save the funny stuff. Until um, it Save it for recorded. It doesn't happen. That's right. Oh, right. Um, what was I saying? Uh, what was I saying? Everybody, welcome back to Raise a Mic podcast, the podcast where we are looking at Hamilton song by song um, and just giving our thoughts. I am Andy Unger, and with me are my, I'm a co host, and with me are my co host, Audrey. Hey, what's up? And Josh. Hi. <laughs> I swear we do these different every time. Every time. Always an experiment. Uh, We're just always perpetually trying new things. Twenty something. Twenty something episodes in, and we're still making it up. That's right. <laughs> Keeping that creative spirit alive. That's right. Yep. They don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, <laughs> so tonight we are talking about nonstop, um, which is the end of Act One officially. Finally. <laughs> Finally, and um, despite my best efforts to end it like three songs ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tonight, nonstop, we're, we're going to look at who's singing. So who's singing is um, everybody. Except everybody. Peggy. Except Peggy. Right. Um, <laughs> Not Peggy. <laughs> who technically was, I think she was probably dead by this point, like in history. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> What's that phrase again that you use the theater term, Audrey? It's an all skate. Yes, that's it. Everybody, if they had on roller skates, they would all be skating across the stage. <laughs> but well, since the- it isn't Xanadu, <laughs> they're just dancing. Right. Was was there another one? Was Starlight Express on? on yeah, um, Starlight on- Express. Oh yeah. yeah. It's cats. Okay. It's cats, but trains. <laughs> trains <laughs> with roller skates. <laughs> you think I'm? You think I'm kidding? But it's it's pretty much that. I yeah. also once did a roller skate ballet in a production of Nonsense, The Second Coming. So um, <laughs> roller skating happens on stage, y'all. <laughs> so crazy story. My mom did Nonsense. Like she did she did the original. And then I think there's a Christmas one too. Oh, there are like seven Nonsenses. But yes, there is a Christmas yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's kind of crazy how it's cool like, that you that you did the second coming of it. Yeah, uh, me and your mom are going to do nonsense. We're going to bring it back. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be good. Coming soon to a Zoom near you. Right after she officiates your wedding as Grizabella. Yep. Right. Thank you so much. See, that's the actual purpose of this podcast in my life is to give me performance opportunities that otherwise <laughs> wouldn't exist. Audrey's like, I can't work right now, so please give me things to do. And it gives you use, uh, gives you a chance to use that cat suit that you bought five years ago, but haven't used in a while. I know, hand painted. It's it's just ready. It's sitting there. Yeah. You were you were questioning the twelve hundred dollar investment, but now oh it's my worth gosh, it. move on. We have so much song to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, so the jokes the place- are nonstop, y'all. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> Uh, so the place and time it's kind of cool or it's kind of interesting that you know the last three or four songs have all taken place either inside inside somebody's mind or inside like a moment um over a like a specific period of time but this one song takes place 
historically over like 13 years like it's mm -hmm. crazy um so like 1787 to 1800 i think yeah yeah it's it's a it's a spread of time and and i was i want to bring this up too it's also this is one of those places where liberties are taken on the timeline oh. um specifically so like the begin like part of this song is a court scene and i'll talk a little bit about that trial later um but that trial actually happened in 1800, I believe. Oh my um, and it gets moved for the sake of the musical to fit somewhere in an unspecified point before the Constitutional Convention, which would have been 1787, um, and after the Treaty of Paris, which was 1783. So somewhere in all of there is where this thing lands. Um, like somewhere in that timeline. And so it's um, even longer than what the, the time span that I gave. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it moves uh, like they're moving stuff around to make it fit kind of the, what they're trying to do with the song. Um, I, accurate things are things that happen, but the timing gets moved around. And, even, and then like some people, like a person gets left out like of the trial because it's not important to the plot of the musical, but the timeline is one of those where they have taken some, some liberties to make it do what they needed to do. But to be fair, that could have been where Peggy or the character or Peggy's actress got something to do. Right. Yes. Sure. She's gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Get on her new so outfit. All of that, all of that, all the stuff that takes place is is stuff that Josh is gonna get into, and that's the story part. Um, and so um, Josh, you got a fun fact too, right? Uh I do have a fun fact. Um, the fun fact is this is the longest song in the musical. Um, it is clocking in at six minutes and 25 seconds um longer oh than in, longer than any other song in the musical and i don't know about you guys but i am exhausted at the end of this song because of mm -hmm. that my back's all sweaty after i that. can't even imagine doing this song especially since some of them as we've talked about on this show before are so short um to have this song be just such such a a, a, a marathon right Right. I mean, I, I know that I probably wasn't in the best headspace to re-listen to this for the first time, but I just, my first thing I typed out on my notes was, whew, this is a lot. <laughs> you did. I laughed at that um, when I opened it up. <laughs> it, I, I like had to take a breather um, and I had to listen to it multiple times to get out of that funk. Mm. Um, I think I counted, I counted either 10 or 11 different songs slash motifs um, over this six minutes. Um, some of them aren't necessarily like songs that we've heard before, but they're just different, different styles within the song. Um, like, especially with the Hamilton and Burr in that um, things. Yeah. Th so there's, I'm, I've been mentioning this as we've been leading up to this song is that like this song, every motif they've thrown at us, like is in this song. That's one of the reasons it's exhausting to me. Yeah. Um, oh, we heard, we heard satisfied, right? We heard uh -huh. that would be enough. Yeah, a little bit of right hand man, mm -hmm. um, Skylar sisters, helpless. History has its eyes on you. My shot and Alexander Hamilton. Was I missing any? Uh, wait for it is in there. Oh yeah, that one's pretty big. And then Aaron Burser a little bit too. Yeah, you get that that little bass line I've been talking about the bump 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 That's in here. That's in several songs. Um, and yeah, it's literally everything that they've put in our ears to this point like finds its way back here, um, mm. which is just why it's an incredible, to me, it's an incredible, like, like closing act song. Yeah. I, it totally makes sense now. Like, you know, I've been talking about the end of act one and where they should end it. 
um, they they ended it at the right place. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially seeing all these motifs of like building off of the the prior work that has been happening mm. um, into just I'm gonna use a big word a cacophony of, Ooh, of look sounds. At you. I know. Look at me. Yeah. Pulling out I th- the big words. I think this is something Hamilton does really well. And I'll talk about it when we get to the very end of the show too. Mm-hmm. But like the buildups are so like they pay off so well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens with this song. It's such, it's such a good payoff for all the work that they've done over mm-hmm. the course of act one that when you get done, you're just like, Holy crap, that was so good. <laughs> It kind yeah. of reminds me, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with this convention, but there are a few shows that do this that do a mega mix at the end. Do you mm. know this phrase? Mm-mm. So um, one of the most uh, famous ones, I would say, is Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, because the show itself was written for a boys choir, basically, and it was a short little show originally when Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote it and then they expanded it. So they expanded a little bit, added some songs and then they did a mega mix, which added another like 20 more minutes onto the show or maybe not 20, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And they, it's literally going back through and doing little chunks of every song. They really wanted. <laughs> they really wanted Donny Osmond um, on screen, right? Yeah, and it's still <laughs> only like an hour and a half, including the mega mix. So it's like Hamilton's wow. little mega mix moment at the end of Act One. They're like, "Here to recap everything that's happened to Hamilton so far. Now mm-hmm. go get a drink, go get a snack, and come back for Act Two. So right. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Just Me a little too. mega mix moment, you know. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, so this is not the first time this has happened, but um, in, in musical stylings, the genre, I just really heard like a dance hall beat. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those genres that you're like, say what now? What? Um, but it's one of those that is founded in Jamaica in the 70s. Um, it's kind of like the evolution of reggae. Um, basically, what would happen is they would find these old records and DJs would would rap over them um like while they're in a dance hall so um it has that sound and if you're kind of familiar the the really uh defining characteristic of it is the drums or the 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 beat of it it's like the boom check boom check boom check boom check boom check boom check um and you hear it in in a lot of modern examples like sean paul or the ponder replay by rihanna Mm-hmm. Um, and then for white people who don't know those words, uh, just Ed Sheeran's Shape of You is, is a dance hall beat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which way wasn't Shape of You like, was it written for Rihanna? And he wrote didn't... it for Rihanna. Yeah. I thought so. I thought oh, so. really? Yeah. 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 That's why it sounds, <laughs> that's why it sounds like that. Um, well, it doesn't sound like anything he's ever written. Right. Right. Um, so I, what I appreciate about that fact is, I mean, Alexander Hamilton's from the Caribbean. So like, yeah. I, d- yeah. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice thing. And then you all, you, they double down on it because um, especially in the wait for it section of, uh, of the song, there's a lot of Latin percussion, like claves, mm-hmm. maracas, cowbells, congas, etc. Um, So I like that. And then lyrically, man, this is just another example of Lin-Manuel <laughs> dominating at the writing and rhyming that he yeah. can mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so um, one of the cool things I liked was um, the line, the liberty behind deliberation. Yes. Um, that not only sounds great rolling off the tongue, but it's also a play on words in, okay. in Latin. 
Enlighten us, Andy. Enlighten. So both liberty and deliberation take some of their meaning from the Latin liber or free in Latin. Okay. Um, Liberty gets its English meaning of freedom from liberté's old French connotation of free will. Mm -hmm. Um, And deliberation means to choose carefully or with consideration from um, libraire is what I listen to. Uh, which means to weigh, like with scales, or mm-hmm. and li- librere, which is to make free. So essentially, Hamilton's proving you can't make a good decision without true freedom of choice. Mm. Oh, all right. I, yeah. I, I see you. It's really, it's a really like long walk to get to that, <laughs> to get to that but it's, um, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> The other line I like just because I'm a nerd is he said Hamilton says okay one more thing, um, which is kind of like a comedic beat. Um, it reminds me of John Mayer's "My Stupid Mouth." Yeah, yeah. Where... So the good. Sorry. No, finish your thought. I was just gonna say because you're right, but the 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 first part of the thought would be that comes right after Aaron Burr has said that's all you had to say, and he says okay, like he's agreeing, and then one more thing that yeah. one which more is, thing. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's it's perfect within Hamilton's character mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. want to keep talking. Um, but you know, John Mayer's my stupid mouth. He says at the end of a chorus, he says, Oh, I'm never speaking up again, starting now. And then he waits a little while and then he starts the next verse with one more thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a fun little reference. Yeah. Um, so I also like um, the, you know, the repetition of how do you write? Like you're running out of time um there is just complete like aaron burr is repeating these phrases in order to keep up with hamilton um he's he's doing it to take up the space kind of like when someone doesn't know what they're talking about or doesn't know what they're going to say next and they start to stretch it out and then they might repeat the stretching out Mm -hmm. and (laughs) they repeat the question that you asked them and they say it in a couple different ways (laughs) hmm, the question is yeah i think that's fun because he bird takes his time in stretching those things out as opposed to hamilton who the rate of his speech is so much faster and that builds like underscores the urgency that he feels for these mm-hmm. things to take place, right? Like it's like, I don't have time to stop and ponder and think about, we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep making steps. And I think it's nice to see that juxtaposition between them because Burr's, this is like highlighting the two very different personalities that we have in Hamilton and Burr, which we haven't seen highlighted in a while, right? Like yeah. we were focused on the revolution and now it's like, the way that Hamilton's bringing it back. So now here we are and we're like pitting these two people against each other because this is going to be the next big conflict in Hamilton's mm. life. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I really love the line. Um, I might be giving away my answer at the end um, <laughs> for of now for a strong central democracy. If not, then I'll be Socrates throwing verbal rocks at these mediocrities. Mm. So Man. good. So good. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a, an homage. It's not I, completely identical to a couple things. Um, Wu-Tang Clan's triumph. 
mm-hmm. um, has the line, I bomb atomically Socrates philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I'd be dropping these mockeries. Oh. Okay, Andy. Yeah, Andrew. I, I might have practiced that like four times. <laughs> yes, um, he prepared. <laughs> I prepared. Um, and then there's another similar rhyme used in the musical Wicked. Um, I never saw myself as a Solomon or Socrates. I knew who I was, one of your dime a dozen mediocrities. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just cool. I, I like I like uh, that line a lot, just because it's complex, but it it has that flavor of just rolling off the tongue, but also being a little bit of a tongue twister to be like, say what now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like I like those lines a lot. Um, I think you might have stole my line, so I got to come up with a new one. Um, just kidding. I don't really don't know. Share. I, we all know enough to know. I have no idea what my line's gonna be. Um, <laughs> Not a choice you've already made. Not a choice I've already made. Gonna happen in the moment. While you're talking about the now for a strong central democracy thing, I thought it'd be a good point to jump in here um, about uh, Hamilton at the Constitutional Convention. I love it. He did Um, love Socrates. He did. um, He did love Socrates a lot. Um, Specifically, this idea of a strong central democracy. What was Hamilton trying to do at the Constitutional Convention? And so there's a line right after this where Burr says that he talks for six hours. Um, That did, in fact, happen. Um, Hamilton got up and he spoke for six hours um, and basically nothing he wanted happened. Everybody thought he was, <laughs> he was, he was crazy. Um, so Hamilton proposed, and I'm quoting aristocratic, strongly centralized, coercive, but representative union with devices to give weight to the influence of class and property. Uh, basically uh, Alexander Hamilton wanted there to be like a ruling class of people who were well to do, um, who would know more than the average person and would be more uh, weighted to be able to make changes, which is not exactly what America was shooting for. Well, um, Socrates also said that the reason why democracy fails is that its people aren't informed enough. Yes. Right. Yes. So that was his response to it. Right. Um, he also thought that all elected officials should serve during good behavior. And what this meant for him was indefinitely. He wanted people oh. to serve indefinitely. Essentially, he wanted to cre- he was going to create a government powered by this centralized elite group of bureaucrats. Um, he actually cited the British government as the best in the world at this point in time, you know, which is not really reading the room. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that sounds a whole lot like aristocracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. So uh, Madison basically flat out said that your your idea for a lifetime president, which is what Alexander Hamilton wanted, was for an elective monarch. That's he got he got accused of being a monarchist after this moment. Um, after these six hours at the Constitutional Convention. Wow. Um, the thing is, is they didn't actually take his idea of like uh, like being able to serve as long as your behavior is good. They actually kind of expected the president would run over and over again until he couldn't anymore, um, which is why Alexander Hamilton was so shocked when when uh, George Washington stepped down. Yeah. Because um, he didn't have to. They never wrote it in. So it, I guess that's one of the things that Hamilton wanted to do here. Um, with his idea of what democracy would look like um, that actually just stays in. They don't really speak out against it. And yeah. so it becomes kind of a big deal. But um, when you brought up the central democracy, I wanted to kind of give some insight into what exactly it was that Hamilton was proposing and why I think I've mentioned it in the show, people accused him of being a monarchist. This mm-hmm. is why, this is why. <laughs> and term limits weren't, weren't uh, proposed until the forties. Yeah. FDR. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, but for sure, I mean, this is it was a it was a big deal that you know, that what Hamilton was really trying to do would be very different than what we have. Um, yeah. And it's one of the things that didn't get him. You know, a lot of people didn't like him because of this this kind of moment in time. So anyway, that was my thought on that. It's also interesting to think that the people that are trying to create a new government really only know what they've experienced already. So (laughs) his departure from that, it's not surprising that their departure from a monarchy, even if in his mind, he thinks it's so much different, you zoom out and it's like, this is this is the same thing. You feels just like, chose the monarch instead yeah. of it being decided by God. This you feels know? like a monarchy with extra steps. It, yeah, it's like a constitutional <laughs> monarchy and you chose the monarch as well as yeah. the prime minister. So <laughs> this, but it's interesting to imagine, like if you asked me to create a new government, I'd be like, um, so there'd be a Senate well, so, there be a house? <laughs> well, so they didn't they actually didn't get together to form a new government. What they got together to do was to revise the Articles of Confederation, um, which had been governing them since independence. But a lot of delegates and Hamilton's one of them wanted to establish a whole new government rather than fix like the old one. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Big dreams, but you right. didn't dream big enough. It cause... didn't happen. It didn't happen, Alex. <laughs> Good try, though. Nice try. <laughs> you get a participation Um, trophy (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so um moving for moving a little further in um i love that aaron burr sir the motif comes back in but it's the middle of the night (laughs) right Uh, what the heck are you doing at my house (laughs) like yeah and it kind of shows that their relationship has kind of fallen apart a little bit or like at least crumbled Mm -hmm. um because he's coming to the middle of the night, not about family, but about work. Um, mm. But can you imagine, can you, I just like to picture Aaron Burr in his like PJs, maybe like one of those uh, like nightcap. old, old nightcaps and dressing like, hold, gown, holding a teddy bear. Yep. Like, <laughs> like, like Scrooge. Scrooge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, he, and he's like half awake. It's, and then Aaron Burr or Alexander Hamilton is like, a little too awake for however late it is right mm-hmm. like we've all had those conversations where we've been woken up at like three o'clock in the morning by someone who is um on like either drunk or on uh, other substances <laughs> just being loud <laughs> no just me you're like you're in a different place than me yeah. i am yeah. in the sleep you place should, you should match my my energy I was... yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's kind of funny I, I i that makes me laugh yeah it's also interesting that this moment we see we see Hamilton, his humility a little bit. And this is like a new side of Hamilton (laughs) to Mm -hmm. see him saying like, Hey, literally telling Burr, you are a better lawyer than me. You know how to finesse the room. I don't think he necessarily, he basically, he knows how to play the game better than Hamilton does, which has been the case the whole time. And I think it's interesting that Hamilton is like, I need this to get done. I need it to get done. Well, I know who to go to. Mm. And he knows that he's not the number one guy. And so it's an interesting thing to see that opinion fall so quickly. It's like he, he sets Burr up a couple of times in the show to be like, Hey, you could do something really great. And then Burr always disappoints him. 
he's like, man, what I'm trying to give you an opportunity to be part of something like really big. And you just keep saying like, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep sitting over here on the sidelines. Like, when are you actually going to stand up for something? Mm -hmm. So it's like the, again, it flips so quickly from Hamilton's experience of saying, Hey man, like you're the one for the job to, okay, I basically don't want anything to do with you yeah. in this situation. Yeah, it goes from like, man, you're the only one that can help me do this to you're a punk. Like, why are you so, why, why do you never do anything? Yeah, why are you the worst? <laughs> the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's fast. Oh, it is. gosh, yeah. He's been up too late. That's too long. That's what happened. That's what it is. He's um, like, you caught me at a really bad time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like the wait for it with mm-hmm. that Aaron Burr does with the ensemble um and it's kind of cool because instead of it being it's not just a callback it's more of like a call forward mm. um because they're just like hey literally wait for it you'll see what happens later you'll see what Aaron Burr gets his horse behind um because he talks about the winds I'm gonna see which way the winds are blowing mm-hmm. um like in a couple lines later um and you find out in the second half <laughs> where the wind's blowing where that wind's blowing um i also in that in that little paragraph i love i love the line i'm taking my time watching the afterbirth of a nation mm. um, it's just so vivid um like that imagery if you know about if you had experience with one but not the other you immediately can get what the other one is um Wait, based on wait, what? Does wait, that what? Sense? Wait, experience so, with one person or one with one of those situations with an afterbirth with an after after birth after a birthing, uh huh, or, or, or after of a nation, yes, and okay. knowing the context of what we're what's happening here, that it's a mess. You're still trying to figure stuff out. You're trying to put your get your stuff together, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a mess and it it kind mm-hmm. of if you know the context of it whether you have been in a delivery room or or experienced childbirth or mm-hmm. you know about the american revolution you're like i i get it based off of that analogy yeah yeah, yeah. i mean look there it's messy right and that's the yeah. point is that like it's a beautiful thing that's happened and that's the point he's making but it's messy and i don't really know what's happening and so the, again we see these two guys where hamilton's reaction to not knowing what's happening is to get out there and do stuff and yeah. burr's reaction is to kind of hang out um i do also you know he, I, he has this moment where he like looks back into the house um and i get this like is that him connecting to theodosia in a way that hamilton just can't even be bothered to remember his family currently um mm. i think it's an interesting little again just showing these two guys in a very similar place but very different ways of dealing with it um but yeah the the afterbirth thing is i hadn't i haven't really thought about it like being as vivid as you just described but like yeah it, it really is yeah um moving on a little further to the federalist papers narration um <laughs> that is a performance <laughs> it is mm-hmm. so good it's it's spoken it's spoken word straight up it is. but um i like the that the piano has delay on it um Mm -hmm. which delay for people who aren't in music are is just like the echo basically so you'll hear like the note and then you'll hear the note a little bit afterwards um and it to me it kind of signified like the amplification of the message that's trying to come out that when they're telling the story about it like it's not 
it's not just because it's not just happening because Hamilton did it. It's 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 happening because it mattered. Like when Burr asks who's going to read it um, or no one's going to read it. And Hamilton replies like, oh, they're going to read it. Um, and they they did. And there's mm-hmm. it's just there. It's so important to the future of our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is also a great moment of. Hamilton doing what Lin-Manuel really wanted it to do very well. And that's educating people about actually what happened and who was responsible for what happened in the building of the United States as we know it. And for me, that was, I remember listening to it and never having heard those numbers broken down that way. Mm -hmm. And thinking about, obviously, like it's a huge moment where it builds up to the fact that Hamilton greatly outwrote anyone else around him in general but just I think it's a really great moment of seeing Hamilton do the job that it's trying to do which is educating people about another founding father right like actually telling his story it's building the foundation off of him writing like he's running out of time Mm -hmm. because he's writing 60 percent of those Federalist papers (laughs) yeah as opposed to eight of them (laughs) right and the thing is is like so this whole this whole part of this of this song is the the thesis is that he's gone to Burr and said, "Hey, I need you to help me. I want you to be a part of the Federalist Papers." Um, I to break the bubble there a little bit. Um, I can't find any proof that that's true. Uh, I don't think he ever did actually ask Burr to write to write any of the Federalist Papers. Or maybe it just happened exactly like it did, right. and it wasn't ever written down because Burr was like, "Nah, possibly, possibly." <laughs> like, I mean, we wouldn't have evidence of it, but right, it right. could have happened that sure, way. Sure, absolutely. But I think, you know, it speaks to that. Like, you, you watch this scene play out. Like, he's he's invited to be a part of it, and he says no. And by the time we get to the end, where he's or the end of this part, where he's explaining the Federalist Papers, he is furious at the fact that Hamilton wrote 51 of them. And, like, mm-hmm. you hear it a lot more in the stage version. I mean, you hear it in the recording, the cast album. Watching Leslie Odom Jr. deliver that line, he is so mad about it. He does this like like little clap in the air thing because he's just so angry at the fact that he wrote so many. And you're just like, dude, like you could have you could have been a part of that. Like you were yeah. you were asked to do this and you said no. Like you could have been a part of this huge thing. And then Hamilton wouldn't have written as many. He wouldn't have been as well known as, as, as he is. Like you could have done this, but you didn't because you just sat there. That's so interesting. I I experienced that moment a little bit differently. I experienced it not as him being angry at Hamilton, but just the sheer, like almost awe that he was, he took on that much more. Like I, in my mind, what I see happening Mm. with Burr in this moment is switching more to narrator than Mm. being Burr inside the moment of the history that's happening but that's just fascinating because i'm like angry i've never even i've never yeah, but, thought that he man, was angry I, man, go that. back and see. watch it man he does i do this thing when i get mad like where you like you're just so mad like you want to punch something and you just like clap in the air like mm-hmm. he does that when he gives the 51 line i see both i yeah. see mm-hmm. both um i see that like he's and he's not i think he's mad at hamilton by way of being mad at himself um, yeah because of the missed opportunity like that you just well, that you were he, talking about. He's given every step of the song, he's been like, Why do you think you're the smartest person in the room? Like he's angry mm-hmm. about it. He's angry about that. Like, why do you, you never shut up? Um, mm-hmm. and then so like he's been doing all these things to say, like, Hamilton, you're like an egotistical jerk, you're awful. And then Hamilton shows up and is complimenting him. He's like, You're a better lawyer than me. And hey, I want you to be a part of this thing. And like Burke can't even like 
see that would have worked on Hamilton, right? If you can't feel shut up in Hamilton's house and are like, man, you're a better lawyer than me. I want you to do that. He'd be on it in a heartbeat because you buttered him up. And Burr like mm-hmm. could have been, except for, for him to do that, he had to come on board and he was just not going to. There was mm-hmm. nothing that was going to make him be a part of this. Not because he thought it was wrong. I think he says that. He's like, hey, I back the Constitution. I support the Constitution, but we might be wrong. So I'll just do nothing. Like, mm-hmm. and so that's why all of those things to me leads me up to this idea of like anger of like, I did nothing because I thought it was the right idea. And now here he is kicking butt. Um, even after I thought he failed at the Constitutional Convention, mm-hmm. here he is like succeeding. And I just, I don't know. I, I didn't get anger in the cast recording. I just got this like really powerful moment of like, holy crap, that's a lot of essays. But watching mm-hmm. it, watching it on stage gave me the vibe of being angry. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think sometimes people confuse my excitement or my delight in something with anger or disgust. So sometimes <laughs> when I feel really powerfully about something, people are like, wait, do you like that or do you hate it? I can't tell the difference. So for me, I'm experiencing like he is he is so delighted by it, yeah. but it's just coming out with as rage. Yeah, <laughs> like he's so mad that he loves it so much. That's that's funny though, because that gives me some that helps me explain it a little better or understand it a little better. Like, oh okay. So you're just seeing yourself through the lens of Aaron Burr. All right, I get it. Yeah, I like it. Yep. That's the person I want to associate with <laughs> on display. Well, he does not live. Live, so. live, so. Oh, well, no. Oh, harsh. Ow. True. Ow. <laughs> True. True, but rude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're too good. I love, I love, I love us. <laughs> put that on a Hobby Lobby sign. Um, so, <laughs> moving forward um, a little bit, um, I, I noticed that Angelica in her, in her uh, moment, that she doesn't rhyme with him Mm. um and and also like her melody and the timbre of her voice align with eliza Um, Mm -hmm. because eliza follows right after her and in skylar sisters you had this difference between the two and they were stark and clear even when you went from helpless to satisfied um and they are pretty similar um in their interactions with him and it she sides with eliza um, and it won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's interesting that right now they're both playing, at least the way that we're supposed to read it is that they're both playing a significant role in his life, that yeah. he's, he's definitely got what I deem friendship plus with Angelica, which is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's getting something from his relationship with Angelica that he doesn't get from his relationship with Eliza and vice versa. And so I think he kind of has them like, he's like, Ooh, I have one in this hand and one in this other hand. And they both give me different things that I need. So I don't know, maybe there's something in that, that in his mind, he kind of sees them, his relationship to them similarly. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're together. They make one effective relationship for him. And that's not how monogamy works, unfortunately. For right. it's monogamish. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I will point. I will point out again, just for sake of argument, um, he, Angelica was married in real life mm-hmm. when when he met her, married with multiple children. Um, so there are some liberties. She's just now getting married. He looks surprised about it, like he ain't no. But uh, he but don't like, like it. <laughs> but in his, but in, in history, like she she was married when he met her. Um, it doesn't mean there wasn't some weirdness. Um, but like. But yeah, so that's just a, just a thought that like historically, Angelica has been married for a while now. Yeah. Um, so. 
Perhaps also, his his reaction was more to the fact that she was leaving in real life than the mm. fact that she was getting married. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I just I think I noticed something in his face because she was talking about like I'm sailing off to London. I'm accompanied by someone who always pays. And he's like into it. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she says, I found a wealthy husband. And then his face like kind of drops. Oh, no. I think um, in the context of the play, it is the husband that he's reacting to. Right. Okay. Maybe in real life, he was bummed that she was leaving. I got you. I got <laughs> because you. Because she was already married. <laughs> I got you. There's the truth in the, in the poetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that Hamilton uh, borrows Eliza's look around, look around motif. Um <laughs> How dare him? In an effort, like he's trying to get her on his side. Um, and he even uses her melody um, mm-hmm. in that as well. Um, but Eliza's not singing that song. She's singing no. Helpless. Uh, so it's just, they're, they're on completely different pages. Um, and then Isn't This Enough bleeds into Angelica's satisfied motif. Um, and so it begs the question, is Eliza beginning to see what Angelica saw at the beginning? Mm. Mm. yeah i mean i think she you see that in her reaction to when he's going and she's standing up on the balcony and pleading with him right like yeah. alexander yeah. and he's like nah i gotta go do this yeah you see her so it's not even just that it bleeds into they are talking all the three of them are talking through this bit of music um you know he's he turns her words against her you know the look around look around how lucky we are to be alive right now and she's isn't this enough and then angelica from the other side of the stage is like he's he will never be satisfied like they're they're all having this conversation together where angelica's like this is what i've been trying to tell like this is what i've been saying like, mm-hmm. he's never no he's it's not enough eliza it never will be like that's that's the conversation that's happening there um and it's uh not lost on me that it starts with that bump, 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 which is always something bad in this in this musical mm-hmm. oh, when yeah. that happens. And it starts here. It's it's dark and foreboding, um, and it's it's not it's not a good thing. It's never a good thing when we hear it. So, um, in in the midst of all of this, like kind of beautiful, like uplifting in some places, music piece of music, there is some darkness happening in that little bit of exchange, um, which we're gonna see, you know, pretty pretty soon. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a powerful little moment, especially once you know the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot going on, um, in there and it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> and, um, but I, the ending is, is pretty powerful to me where he just says, I'm not throwing away my shot. And then you hear gunfire, um, um like the bullets out your gun, like there's no going back. Um, right you've 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 made your bed now you gotta now you're gonna lie in it um and so it's a great ending to the first act it makes you want to wonder it makes you want to know what's going to happen in act two um and in disney plus you have a minute long intermission as opposed to you know 15 minutes or so when you watch it in real life yeah definitely i think it does a really good job of setting us up to want to come back for the second act Mm -hmm. and i do think that as we talked about the revolution like we could have ended it there right battle of yorktown and we would have wanted to come back but it didn't set up the story for the second act there wasn't like any kind of cliffhanger and in the setup of the way that they end this act we definitely get a cliffhanger of knowing okay there's some turmoil going on with eliza angelica's gone what's going on with burr we set up for knowing that there's 
there's some things that need to be worked out over this yeah. next act. They're, they've they've knocked down all of the buildings that they've built in Act One, um, but do while doing that, they've created tension within those building blocks that they've given us um, mm. to get us teased for Act Two. Yeah, I also want to say that it is pretty impressive that this in a musical that basically a song that is about writing and court cases can be this riveting because normally on stage it's like people sitting at two different tables and you have to get like really some good dialogue going to keep people interested because there's not a lot of space to move around so I like that the way that they use the stage and the way that the choreography is has been created keeps us invested the whole time right and so much of that is because of how Hamilton is a force that everyone is sort of revolving around and the use of that turntable highlights that right that so many different scenes happen on that turntable and the dancers the ensemble gets up and they move around they become different characters but a lot of times like Hamilton is the center of that everything is changing around him and it's growing and it's shrinking but he's at the center and so it's reinforcing for the audience that oh this is his story right so that we're not confused it's not the story of the revolution it's the story of Hamilton and so we're zoomed back into his life and I think there's something really fun in the fact that it's rotating like a clock too. And they, we keep talking about that time is running out and this is like this rotation keeps happening mm-hmm. and they use it more and more throughout the song. And so I, I really enjoy that there's layers to the staging that subconsciously support the story that's happening without having to hit us over the head with it. And there's a moment in the choreography, um, I think it's when they're saying, how do you write, uh, why do you write like you're running out of time? Is that the lyric? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the, the movement of the ensemble, if you go back and watch it, they remind me of like little cogs in a clock. Like it's very like stiff and it's the same like repeated movement, even though they're walking, but it's the same repeated movement over and over again. It's very like mechanical. Mm. And that was really fun for me, just noticing that this time of like, oh yeah, like watch this machine working around him. And it just makes me think about the fact that Hamilton is behaving like a machine. He shouldn't be, he is a human. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really liked that little nugget that I noticed for the first time. Yeah, it's kind of it's, I, I like that idea of Hamilton working as a machine um, I, because we saw it at the end of the last kind of interlude, whatever that song was. That's not in the cast album. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like that he was had he was conveying such emotion about his son. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's just like, whew, I got to go to work and kind of mm-hmm. disassociates with the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really interesting to see that shift between the, the human and vulnerable Hamilton. And then now, now I'm back in work mode, right? Yeah. Like nothing can touch me. I'm trying to go 90 miles an hour, 100% of the time. Yep. I also like that this song starts off and it reminds us of the rivalry between Hamilton and Burr, like yes. right away. It's like, oh yeah, 
they are competing with each other when he's putting on his jacket and he's like, I practice law verse like was next door or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the one actually. So they're, they're answering. So they're answering each other. So it's like, after the war, I went back to New York and then Hamilton repeats that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I finished up and I, I practiced law. And then Hamilton's response is, I practiced law. Burr worked next door. Well, like- it's funny because because <laughs> when you repeat a line like that in, in rap, like typically it's a hype man like supporting his statement. Right. And then he immediately goes into, actually, though. I practiced law. Burr worked next door. <laughs> yeah, he, he, just, he had a job. He had an office. But I was the one actually practicing law. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then later, like later in this, like, I practice law. I practically perfected it. Like, <laughs> come on, Hamilton, get it together. Always yeah. got, always got a topping. Just, just a little bit of an ego on that bit. man. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. A little, little, little bit. Uh, and then the last thing that was really fun for me was just, I just really enjoyed the totally silly. I was chosen for the constitutional convention. <laughs> like, and everyone's like clapping. Yeah, they're so excited him. about it. <laughs> It's like out of context. He like directly addresses the audience, and it's yeah. super fun. You're like, how? What does he say when when um when Washington asks him to to uh, be the run the treasury? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's let's go. <laughs> it's like the same energy. Yeah, it's yes. a it's a very it's like a it's so not the character, but also it, I th- it's just and Audrey will hate this, but like it's just Lynn like having fun with like. But you liked that part. You like you like that little that little thing. Um, but that's what it's it Lynn's, is. It's Lynn's. Lynn's. Actually, that's true. He's just excited. He's excited about playing that part. And and Hamilton, by the way, would have been that way because like the concert, you had to be chose like chosen. Like you couldn't just show up and be like, "Hey, I'm here." Like so, it was <laughs> yeah. like a prize. Yeah. I mean, I I what is special about seeing theater and especially seeing different roles play like a role played by different people is seeing, I've heard it described this way. A mentor said it like, what does, if this is the vial of this character, if we have a vial that this is Hamilton, the character, and we pour it into this body, what does it look like? If we pour it into that body, what does it look like? And it's going to look different in every person. And so there's always going to be an element of what the actor human being brings to the character. And I love that. And I think that's, this is Lynn doing that really well, like accessing a like more fun, goofy side of Hamilton, not necessarily Lin-Manuel Miranda being on stage. And like, I'm just going to snatch this moment right here. (laughs) I think Hamilton is like just as excited. He's like playing it cool, but he's like, yeah, I got to do something really cool. (laughs) Yeah. And well, and it's also right in the middle of him and Burr doing this kind of back and forth of who's, who's better or whatever. And Burr Burr did not get picked. And that's the point. And that's the point Hamilton's making is I got you. Chosen. ha 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 neener neener <laughs> like, neener neener <laughs> it's just what yeah. they would say say back then yeah, absolutely 100 <laughs> totally, totally true to the time yep. uh, <laughs> um i already talked about that they're kind of one up in each other i'm glad you brought that up because it is one of my favorite parts of it um but i just again this parallel of these guys just over and over again and hamilton keeps winning he does it all through this song i think that's why i get to um uh burr being angry about the the federalist papers and how many he did there's a moment in here that i didn't know anything about so i want to do some research so they are both lawyers uh and they were together um at serving as lawyers on a a actual court case that was like one of the first like murder trials 
um, in America, like serial murder type or not serial murder, but like a big murder trial that people were paying attention to. Um, so I want to read this as Levi, but it's Levy because that's at least that's how they pronounce it in the in the show. Levy Weeks was there was there um, the person they were representing. The they were dry. <laughs> um, no, but I drove my Chevy to it. Um, it's awful. <laughs> So um, they actually did work together on that trial. They, they were large. There was a third, but he's not important um, for the sake of the musical. Um, so Levy Weeks was accused of murdering a name that I'm going to pronounce once and then never again. Uh, it looks like Julie Elma, like, but they called her Elma. Elma Sands um, was a young, right, a young woman who uh, Weeks had been courting. She disappeared on the evening of December 22nd, 1799. Uh, some of her possessions were found like two days later near the recently created Manhattan well, um, which for reference would be located in, in Soho near the intersection of green and spring streets. Uh, if you know the area and I don't, I just reading it. Um, <laughs> her body was recovered from the well, January 2nd, 1800. Oh, that's like um, two weeks. That's like a week and a half later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stank. Uh, right. Um, so here's here's where it gets interesting. Before she left her boarding house on the night of the 22nd, Elma told her cousin, Catherine, that she and Levy were to be secretly married that night. Uh, right. Uh, the trial took place March 31st and April 1st, 1800. Um, it was well known because um, he was his brother had a lot of connections and was wealthy. Um, he was able to uh, retain three of New York's most prominent attorneys at the time, uh, Henry Brockholtz Livingston, Aaron Burt, and Alexander Hamilton. Um, those, those are his lawyers. And even though she was seen leaving with Weeks and a witness claimed to have seen Weeks making measurements at the well Sunday before the murder, um, Weeks was acquitted after only five minutes of jury deliberation. <laughs> Y'all, if he so if this dude is caught measuring making measurements of a well, like I don't care what he's been charged for, he guilty. And the measurements of the well the night she died, <laughs> and they just heard five, five they heard the whole thing five minutes. Uh, no, he's it's good, he's cool, he's, good. he's cool. Nobody liked Elma anyway. But can um, they convict him beyond a reasonable doubt? Right, that's the thing. That's well, the thing. here's the thing. Here's why that happened. I'll tell you because he said, gentlemen of the jury, because at this point, women could not serve on juries for sure. Um, so you know, I, I gotta think it might have been a little different if there had been some uh, some ladies uh, up in that up in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, just a thought, you know, yeah, that jury that jury's taking notes, <laughs> yeah, right? They're like, mm, Wells, okay, cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, there's a little bit about the Levy Weeks trial, uh, if you wanted to know. Um, hi, Elma. We honor you and your life, and we're sorry that you were killed. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that trial did happen in 1800. You weren't catching that, so uh, it is not really in the moment that we're in in the musical. But mm-hmm. it is a good moment to show us Hamilton and Burr working together, but not working together, especially because Hamilton calls him his assistant counsel, and <laughs> Burr has to jump in and be like, "Co-counsel, now sit down." <laughs> that has the office written all over it. So me. good. Like assistant, assistant to the regional to the, manager. Assistant. Regional. I mean, assistant regional manager to the to the. <laughs> Um, so he does go and talk for six hours. I mentioned that, but I did want to read this quote, um, talking about Burr and Hamilton being lawyers because Hamilton calls Burr succinct and persuasive in that one moment where he's trying to butter him up. This is an, this is a quote from a general Burr would say as much in half an hour as Hamilton in two hours. Burr, (laughs) 
Burr was terse and convincing while Hamilton was flowing and rapturous. Oh my gosh. I read that too. Um, and I also read another quote that a general, when he spoke of him, he said, I used to tell Hamilton that he was not content with knocking his opponent in the head, but that he persisted until he had banished every little insect that buzzed around his ears. Yes. I, I almost, I almost put that one in there too. I'm glad you brought it in. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. Just to give you an idea, if you don't know, Hamilton talks a lot. Um, This line, the line, why do you always say what you believe drives me insane. Um, And I know it's supposed to, uh, because just Burr doesn't do it, right? Like that's been the whole thing. Burr, like Burr believes things. He believes the constitution's the right move here, but Mm -hmm. he won't, he won't take a side. Um, and Burr sees it as if you tell people what you believe, then you give them ammunition to come after exactly. you. Exactly. I mean, you can look um, at that in politics now. Like, oh yeah. The second someone comes out with even something relatively controversial, like may not even have to be controversial, they can spin it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the thing about Burr, man, and I, I didn't notice it until today when I was listening to it again. I, I just I got the feeling in this through this song, and maybe it's because I'm seeing it more through the eyes of Hamilton. I think obviously just mm-hmm. the way I'm I talk about some of this stuff, but Burgess has excuses, man. Like Hamilton comes to him with like, "Hey, I want you to help me. I think you'd be great at it. We need your help." Blah blah blah. And then Burr is like, "Well, nobody's gonna read it," and he's like, "No, we're, people are gonna read it." Well, then what if it fails? Well, it's like that's why we need it. We have to do it. Like. Well, the Constitution's a mess. Oh, well, of course it is, but it's, you know, we're working on it. It's full of contradictions. So, well, so is independence. Like, it's this back and forth, back and forth. And finally, he's just like, don't you agree with the Constitution? He's like, yes. And he's like, well, what What if you're, or is like, what if you're back in the wrong horse? Like, over and over and over again, all these different excuses. And then Hamilton's just like, kids him with the what do you fall for thing. And Burr's defaults to, I'm just waiting. Can you leave me alone? I'm just waiting. Like, I... I really understand Burr's side of it because I think we do that when we're when we're scared or when we're nervous. It's like, you know, Burr is who we are and Hamilton yeah. is who we want to be. And we constantly make excuses for either doing something or not doing something. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, I think that was the first time I've noticed how like uh, it was exhausting to me. Yeah. To hear him like just excuse after excuse, like make up your mind, have one excuse and just let that be the one. But it's even like it shows a little bit about where Burr wants to be because he keeps feeling the need to give excuses Um, because he could just be like, no, and then walk away. But he's like he is on some level trying to like sell Hamilton on the idea of like, this is why I do what I do. Please don't like disrespect me for it, but this is me trying to figure it out. I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to get on your side. Like I'm not going to get you on my side, but at least respect. Right. But he he could just be like, man, screw you, Hamilton. I'm going to go hang out with the Theodosias. I mean, Um, it's it's late in the night. Um, He's probably doesn't have the energy. Yeah. I also want to just play devil's advocate a little bit because a lot of times people, that we consider to be geniuses or people that are change makers have very little social awareness. And Mm -hmm. that is why they're able to make such like risky choices because they don't feel that, right. They don't feel the same kind of fear and awareness of what could actually happen. And putting this into context of what is actually happening for Burr, Hamilton is kind of acting like a madman, like right. doing this all the time. And then shows up to his house in the middle of the night with a crazy idea. It's like, I would probably say no too. I'd be like, 
you're cuckoo kachoo. Like <laughs> I know people like you, but like, I can't even work with you on this case. Like you won't shut up long enough for us to actually make a point. So like, no, I'm not, I can totally see from, because Hamilton is the like protagonist of this story. Mm-hmm. I get that it's skewed that way, but from Burr's perspective, I'm like, you're, I get you, man. <laughs> I would be like suspicious of Hamilton too. Well, right. like, Burr, Burr totally fits in. It's like what you're talking about society. Mm-hmm. Burr has played the game since he was born. He grew up in society. Hamilton has nothing to lose. Um, mm-hmm. And because he grew up on the outside, he has had to fight for where he is and so that's why he continues to act like a madman and why he continues to succeed too because he's taking chances and making and making mistakes but also succeeding he's kind of failing upward yeah i think failing upward is a a great way of saying it and then also we see that it's like hamilton burns hot and fast right and and then He's not alive anymore. And then Burr <laughs> is still around. Right. And so there is something to be said about Burr's perspective. He wasn't the big flash in the pan, which I, I don't mean it is like such a small con- contribution that Hamilton made, but it, he had the longevity and Hamilton didn't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was because of that lack of restraint mm-hmm. that he couldn't pull back enough and this is getting into, you know, way later, but he couldn't pull back enough until it was like, Oh, this, I should, I should have put on the brakes at some point. There were so many opportunities. There's a reason he's still alive while so many have died. He's willing to to wait for it. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, that's all I had note wise. Um, Let's do best line. Is that best line? Uh, Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's it. Um, All right line you already know it it's the um it's the line about socrates um it's just oh so good now for a strong central democracy if not then i'll be socrates throwing verbal rocks at these mediocrities i mean that that, that was cool not the right well, it's not there, the right but, uh, whatever. <laughs> just kidding, no, Listen, he's doing his own you did it so you did it so good the first time i was just like <laughs> yeah. i was excited I think, to hear it a second time i think that i think i, I think i succeeded at the wu-tang one a whole you lot did. better you did yeah. than you the did. hamilton one no it's great you did great <laughs> so i would say my line because it just hits me in a in a real like shocking way is it's full of contradictions. So is independence, mm. right? And oh, that gosh. that moment of equating those two things, which it really is so true that this is a flawed document. It's full of, of contradictions. And yes, so is being an independent body that is trying to govern itself, especially for Hamilton, because he's trying to bring a monarchy over here, but elect so <laughs> he's Until full of contradictions. Yeah. He's full of contradictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like Dandy's line. Um, I think for the same reason of like just the just the flow of it, the this colony's economy is increasingly stalling. And honestly, that's why public service seems to be calling me. That that's so mm-hmm. many words. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also not only is it just a cool like way to put words together, it also is something that I learned about Hamilton recently that I didn't know is that like he really did like do a lot in the world, I think, to increase or to help injustices in some ways. So like I didn't know this until today, but like he and his wife took in foster children quite often. Mm. Um, and so like he he says that line later, I've seen injustice in the world and I've corrected it. 
there's some ego there because he's a lawyer and he's like, listen to me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I'm making the world a better place. And then at the same time, he does seem to be really into like fixing some, some of these problems of society. I think, you know, you see that with the fact that Eliza, like later she's going to create an orphanage. Like, right. So like, that's not just new. Like she didn't just make that up. It's something he cared about. So I, I appreciate um, good wordplay that also is telling me like this dude, did think about things other than himself because it's really easy to think that he didn't when you mm-hmm. watch this musical sometimes there's ego about it but there also is like a person under there that does want to help uh things and so i thought that was cool yeah, yeah. Like called to, being called to per- public service not called to create a legacy um it's a, it's a distinction that he's making there that i think is important so mm-hmm. that's fine that's fine so who won um i'm excited for this i think I think performance-wise, it's it's Hamilton, but in terms of plot, it's Aaron Burr. Um, I think. Well, maybe maybe no. I'm more. Let me flip that and reverse it. Um, I think performance-wise, it's 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 Lin Manuel or not Lin Manuel. Goodness, Lin Manuel win Leslie. Thank you. It's Aaron Burr. Um, it's Aaron Burr, um, just because he gets a lot of the, the great notes. He's featured pretty prominently um, in the performance. Uh, Lin-Manuel does have his opportunities to shine, and you can tell he's building he's building up some tension and building up like the importance, even though it's coming at the sacrifice of his family um, and people that he loves and cares about. Um, I Ultimately, I'm giving it to Aaron Burr. All right, let me get behind that. Yeah, I could definitely get behind that. I think Hamilton wins this and not because I really agree with all of his choices, but <laughs> I think the there are things that are just undeniable about the things that he accomplished and that he did that we get to see because it's such a big number, we get to see sort of the breadth of what he did early in in this part of our country and i i feel like the writing really does a good job of showing us that particularly in in his verses right when he is like just spitting left and right and just really you see the genius and so um yeah i say say hamilton won yeah i agree that hamilton i think hamilton won um even though I will say that aside from Burr there with the just the dialogue, honestly, it's one of my bet my favorite moments in the whole show. Uh, when it when he steps aside and that piano part starts playing, I get chills from that moment until the point that we get to Hamilton wrote fifty one. Um, it's just I think it's great, but uh, I think Hamilton. I think for what you just said, there's this song is called nonstop. It's set up to show us just how nonstop Hamilton really is. And by the end of it, you're like just as exhausted as everyone trying to describe it. Like mm. it's exhausting. Hamilton is exhausting to the people around him mm. um, because he's nonstop. So, I mean, I think for that reason, like he just wins like the song because he's fully living and acting out what we're being told about. I think it's really good. So mm-hmm. that's, that's me. Yeah. Hamilton. All right. Uh, rate we gotta, is that next? Yeah, we got to rate it. All right. Um, I am going to give this one a 9.2. Okay. Um, I It's a lot. It's six and a half minutes. Um, I think if it wasn't the ending song, it would be about three songs um, or two mm. probably. Um, 
I think they could have split it up, but because they needed like this epic closing Mm -hmm. act number, um, that they put it all together and it accurately describes the nonstopness of it and that he's running out of time. Um, I, what, what prevents it from being a 10 for me is that it's all of the other songs. Um, (laughs) There are some original thoughts behind it. Um, and there's some original things happening mainly, um, in the beginning. Um, but ultimately like it's, it's the hurricane of, of all of these songs being put together. What they do with them is incredible and it's great, Mm -hmm. but I think a 10 for me has to, has to be an original thought, um, for me at this point. Yeah. I give it a 9.5. I think the mega mix um, part of it for me also makes me a little like, "Ah, I I see what you're doing. I think it's just a little bit too much. I think we could have done, you could have layered that in at the last minute without it being quite as much of the end. Uh, I do appreciate the all skate moment and I appreciate seeing Hamilton being pulled in a bunch of different directions at the end. And that sort of lets you know, part of why he's going nonstop. And I like that. I just, the, the overlapping of all the motifs is like cool, but also I want it to have like a really strong ending that doesn't rely on all the material we've already seen so far. And I, I think for me also, I want this, I personally want to see more of an, a full company moment. Like I want I want there to feel like more of a collective moment besides the last like 30 seconds of Mm. the song. And so I think it builds to that and there's an opportunity for it, but it does, it just doesn't quite happen. It just kind of feels like everybody's kind of thrown back onto stage at the last minute. So yeah, 9.5. All right. Well, uh, I I give this song a 10. Um, It's my favorite, one of my favorite songs in the whole musical. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get, I get what you're saying uh, about the, uh, the the mega mix idea um if i wanted to say that's what it was then i might agree with you um but i'm choosing to die on the hill of it is uh it's less of a hey remember all these songs we did and more of a um realization of all those motifs moving us in a direction um so that's that's kind of where i'm at with it. and that's that's i just i hit a moment at the end of the song where i'm like there's so much happening my ears are so happy um and it just it it's, it's one of the moments where I just like am in awe of everything that's happening. So it's a 10 for me. Yeah. Nice. Very I cool. like that. I think it's even interesting that the thing about it that makes it not a 10 for me is the thing that like pushes it over the edge for you, which is just such a testament to the fact that we all experience the yeah. differently and yeah. different things are like, what? Like, I can't believe that moment happened. And I'm like, Oh, come on. Don't mega mix me at the end. Right. <laughs> I will say, I will say, cause my, my point is, is that there, I think Hamilton does really good with build up, and then it gives you a good payoff. Mm-hmm. I think, I think this is a more heavy handed version of yes. a point of a point that I'm going to make at the end of this musical I think this is like, here's what it was if we did it really loud. And my point that I'm going to make later in this show is here's what, here's how we do that really softly and mm-hmm. it, and it have more impact. Um, yeah. I would have hated, I would have not hated. I would have liked it a lot less if it was at the end of act two at the very end kind of, cause I'm assuming right. that's what happens at in te- Technicolor. Um, Just have you, an amazing Technicolor dream yeah. 
Yes, that one. Um, oh yeah, no, it's like the show ends and then we do bows and then a mega mix happens. Right. It's like yeah. the end end. It's like I an would, encore that nobody asked for. I would be really mad, right, Andy, if that happened at the end of Act Two. But yeah. but I feel like Act One is a, is a great place to put that. Um, yep. Is to is to you've built all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, and not good. And they're earned. And yeah. it's not it's not an unearned ending. I know a lot of I know a lot of scripts and a lot of TV and movies try to do this type of thing to create a moment and they just don't earn it. So like, why is the payoff there? Um, and he I mean, it's it's really well done in my to, for me. Uh, but I just have to I think that's what holds it back. Yeah. Um, so I think another thing, another point about that is I think you have to throw all these things together, these motifs to remind us that they're there and also to kind of tie them up in a bow because um, when we start this show back, it is a totally different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a part of what's happening here, but either way, it is, it is one of my favorite songs. I've been so great to get it's to a it great ending. Started. It's a great yeah. ending. Yeah. All right then. Well, that's, cool. that's everything. We did all the things. And uh, we got through it. Don't know how long it took, but it took and how long it took. It's not a, hey, it's not a four-hour podcast. So. Exactly. I'm I'm personally proud of us. Um, no matter how long this is, I feel like we've <laughs> we've done a good job. We've been I succinct concur. and persuasive. Um, that's right. <laughs> we have done the Aaron Burr side of. The that's world. right. That's right. Uh, even though you know we could have we could have gone the other direction, but we were we're, yeah. we're not we're good. Um, all right. Cool. Well, the next time we see you guys, we will be talking about. What did I miss? What did I miss? Um, so excited. I, are you, I'm, I'm excited for it too. It's it's a good one. Um, so we will do that. We hope you guys have enjoyed. Don't forget to do all the podcasty things. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Raise a Mic podcast. If you're still here, we know you're a Hamill fan like us, and we want to invite you to become part of the show. You can send us your fun takes on the songs coming up by shooting us an email to raiseamike at gmail.com. If you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice memo, and we may use that in the show. Like we said, go ahead and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast because it really does help us rise up those ranks. And make sure to share this podcast with all your Hamilton-loving friends. Until we see you again, we thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant about this musical that we all love so much. Till we meet again, raise a mic, everybody.